Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! Bye. theme song means it is once again time for the geek wolf pack podcast yes it is it is this is episode number do you know oh don't even turn around no, don't i have look. no idea <laughs> <laughs> episode number 95 oh. which is weird because i think the last interview we did might have been episode 16 <laughs> it's just not an interview show usually but tonight we're gonna do an interview i am as always your papa wolf nick kelly Okay, we wanted pizza, but I didn't know if I should set the oven to 200 or 300, so I split the difference and I set it to 500. And with me as, oh, she's not with me as always, uh-huh. uh, is Mama Wolf, Dr. Stacia Kelly. She's uh, a cat right now. She's Yeah, she's a little black cat right now sitting on a stool and facing away from the microphone, so probably not going to. She's staring at Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> staring at Mr. Meeseeks. That's crazy. Huh. And finally, Thermal Wolf. Brandon Kelly. <laughs> The Justice Society must live on. Someone with strength must carry the torch. I'll try. Not you. Awesome. Okay. Uh, we didn't even. Get, I didn't even let you say who are we, but oh, that's okay. Mm. We'll add it later. Uh, and as I said, this is an interview show, and for the first time in a long time, and first time on this uh, podcast on the network, we welcome in a uh, friend of the show, Joy Osmansky. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm so good. It's it's so nice to be back. I feel like, you know, you guys are the OG. Like, I I think you might have been the first people I ever really spoke to about anything. So thank you for that. Well, we knew you when, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm same old, same old. Nothing, really nothing materially has changed. <laughs> well, uh, well, everything has changed, right? We're all we're all living in uh, as far remote lake houses my my one co-worker lives in literally a log cabin in washington state and he's like yeah i had to do all this work myself and then he sent me a picture of like the sunset on the lake and i'm like i'm never talking to oh. you again <laughs> yeah that's not exactly torture how nice yeah meanwhile we're we're here in suburbia running to the grocery store so our old you know parents our parents older parents don't have to do it and uh and risk yeah. exposure and get yelled at or, or in, in, in one case coughed at by a guy Oh, yeah. Someone tried to oh, cough God. on my dad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. It's such a it's such a marker of how scared people are, I think. You know, it's like the lizard brain just takes over and there's nothing left. There's no room for reason. There's no room for compassion. There's nothing left. It's really scary. Yeah, it's definitely the true, m- true caveman. It, the middle ground is kind of gone, right? Yeah. It's, it's your. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. and and we're you know 
17, 18 miles outside of DC. So I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> Roger that. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, again, my first question was going to be if you remember how uh, how we met, but you kind of already answered that, which was um, that you came on Happy Hour from the Tower, which is our sister podcast, which is all about uh, the game Destiny. Um, and yes. I think I'm going to let Brandon ask the Destiny questions because he hasn't, he has not watched. Uh, as much Stargirl or Duncanville as I have. Spoilers. Okay. Because uh, we definitely want to ask you about those two, but let's uh, let's start where it all began, right? Great. Okay, yeah, go yeah, for it. Destiny 2. Okay, so um, obviously we love you in Destiny 2 because top, <laughs> top tier character. <laughs> best. <laughs> um, but Thank you. A lot of the current content is being vaulted or going away uh, with the next update, except for one of the location of failsafe and we want to know if you have any insights or opinions on that well i mean you know if i were to choose between being vaulted or not vaulted i guess i would choose not vaulted but um um no i but apart from that i'm afraid i have absolutely no insight um although i, I mean it makes sense i i get why they do that but uh I, I it remains to be seen what the ultimate destiny of failsafe will be. Yeah, failsafe knows a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know who I talked to today? I talked to Kevin McMullen. Oh, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I, he had, he had, uh, he's been doing music videos from uh, being in his work from home scenario uh, when he's not posting oh. cryptic pictures with Lance Reddick, <laughs> and uh, and he did a cover of French fries with pepper. Yeah, and he had uh, okay. Morla Gorandana, who does uh, Eris Morn. He had her. Oh, cool! Yeah, she sang it, and he he played the bass and drums, and then another buddy of his played the saxophone and harmonica. So it was a little bit surreal yeah. to watch, but it was. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll shoot you the link. It was really funny, but he's been. Oh yeah, I'd love to see that. That's fabulous. Yeah, he came on, and it was just kind of on a lark. We we had him on uh, Happy Hour, and he proceeded to tell stories about Frank Langella and. I mean, it just it just went yeah. everywhere, and we're like, uh, uh, we were just going to talk about this little video game, but okay, keep <laughs> keep going, buddy. And he's yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, of hilarious. Mm. Speaking of Lance Reddick, what's your next question, Brandon? <laughs> uh, so Lance Reddick, who plays Zavala, uh, has posted behind the scenes shots of his new recording studio, which is his closet. Um, <laughs> have you? been approached uh, about anything new for D2 like along those lines that you can talk about um I have not but I will say that almost every voiceover artist at some point has worked in their closet it's just it's like a rite of passage you just if you, if you don't have that experience then you can't call yourself a true <laughs> a true voiceover artist but um yeah i've done a lot of work in my closet and i have since graduated to an actual recording booth but it took years i mean closets are great yeah we uh we we made sort of the same transition with an, a, an album that i recorded back in the early 2000s and it was hey this is a really nice studio and the sound engineer goes yeah it's nice but all of that soundproofing is way flammable and I'm like, can, oh, I, can we go back to the closet now? Because <laughs> I don't want to know that I'm in, you know, in an ashtray waiting to happen. So that was. Yeah, uh, yikes. And then and then we recorded in our buddy's basement and he had the same problem, which, which was we would be we'd be recording and then the HVAC unit would come on and we'd be like, OK, stop, stop, wait, well, to, wait 20 minutes. OK, and go back to it. So, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, ambient noise, even in this recording booth, which is amazing, I'll stop sometimes for sirens, plane, you know, all helicopters, you know, all the sounds of a revolution. I'll stop for all those sounds, <laughs> um, which is totally fine. It's totally fine. We usually pay extra to throw those in, so I don't know what, what your approach is. <laughs> I mean, that would that would true, true. supply something to it. That's right. <clears throat> All right, last last destiny question. Last destiny question. All right. Uh, if you had free reign, is there somewhere you would direct failsafe? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I I'm so not an expert on the realm, so I mean, what do you what do you guys think? Where would be like the perfect place for her to go? I just think we need more of her. She's so charming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we only go to her when we have to go to Nessus, and, and we, which we, is rare nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, I, can you imagine her in another place where it would be completely bizarre but helpful? The last wishery. God. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Almost like if you had to ping pong between her and Spider, because Spider thinks he's the craftiest fixer on in in the known universe and you've just kind of popped between him thinking he's all serious and then you get you know the two that's the, what we need we have the buddy cop between eris and drifter now we need the buddy cop between spider and, spider failsafe. and failsafe. <gasps> yes yes okay i love that setup that's perfect and that um and kevin said you did everything exactly like just right in order you didn't do like all of i can't remember what he called the two personalities i'll have to go back um <laughs> But it, like we were all thinking, okay, you probably did all like the you know the happy lines at one time, and then you went back and did all the the, the sour lines. And it, he goes, no, 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 she just right on through. And we're like, how? <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, it was surprisingly, I think it was actually easier that way in a lot of ways because you know failsafe was not just one or the other; she was always the two. So actually, as an actor, to do both of them at the same time, it became a conversation in that way you know what i mean and so uh as as one does when one has a split personality <laughs> so I, <laughs> so actually in retrospect yeah that was a much more organic for me anyway that was a much more organic way to do it it just seemed like it it, it was hard like does not compute was kind of the immediate <laughs> thing on my brain i'm like how do you, what do how does that yeah <laughs> uh, uh, it, yeah <laughs> it was uh, maybe this is a bad thing but it was surprisingly easy and i'll just leave it there well now that i know uh the two roles that you play on weeknights on tv it makes a lot more sense <laughs> ah there you go there you go see failsafe was a precursor to all of this other work yeah it kind of yeah absolutely prime, prime the pump for that so all right so speaking of let, let's go to to uh, your the cutest role that you have currently on TV, uh, which <laughs> yes. is Sunday nights on Fox. You play Jing in Duncanville, and that's uh, yeah. that's Amy Poehler, it's Ty Burrell, it's Rashida Jones. Uh, how on earth did you get involved with that? Okay, so it just came like everything else, regular audition. I mean, the the key difference was, of course, when I saw who was involved, I was like, oh, and I think I sat up straighter immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm like, Amy Poehler, I don't care what it is. Rock number two, like, sign me up. I want to be a part of whatever she is a part of. I have long been an admirer of her. And as a person, as her ethos, as her talent, I just have long been an admirer. So when I saw that she was involved, I was like, well, heck, uh, just a chance to throw my hat in the ring is awesome. And 
it just worked out. It was one of those stories where it actually moved forward fairly quickly. And you know, that doesn't often happen. Yeah. Um, it was a casting director whom I adore. She cast me in my very first TV job in LA. So we had good history and she was really helpful. And I just, I did some takes of it and I submitted them. And then I found myself sitting at a table next to Amy Poehler, which to this day blows my mind. Yeah. The, the, I don't think I've told you this. The, the, it, it, as many times as we talked about everything else under the sun, the thing you don't know about Brandon is uh, Brandon is cross generational in that he introduced me to the office and to Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> when he was like thirteen, so yeah. it's very strange. <laughs> I regret I love nothing. It. Well done, Brandon. Well done. <laughs> Thank well you. Done. Yeah, so I, I have to get I have to get back at him and, and make him watch all of Duncanville because I. I think the show's hilarious, but it's, uh, and you have to do some singing in that too, don't you? Oh my God, the singing. Okay. So no one told me there was going to be singing (laughs) and no one told me there was going to be singing about putting something into the love hole. No one told me about any of that. And then when it came along, I was like, okay, well, my fantasy is complete. Now I can just do whatever because I've, I've sung as a five-year-old about skee-ball. (laughs) <laughs> I, just, I was like what is this world what is this world and i love it oh my god uh okay well that answers the next question i had which i was going to ask if everything is, gets recorded individually but i know you talked about you, you talked to me recently about a table read um mm. and you had a story and i don't remember what the story was from a recent from one of the recent ones but maybe maybe i'm wrong i don't know or maybe no, you're, you're right we we do table reads. It's the only time we're ever together as a cast. We actually did the first one for season two. God, was it yesterday? I that's, think it was yesterday. That's what we were and talking so, about. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, and it's all, it's all Zoom, of course, and it's all um, – and it was actually really great. You know, I everyone's getting so used to this way of doing things, and it's, of course, nothing is like the real thing, the energy of being in the room, of feeling everyone's electricity in the air, like, nothing is like that. But it was it was gratifying to see that it was still absolutely hilarious. We all had such a good time. You know, there's, like, 50-plus executives on the Zoom call watching us and listening to us, but it's still... Uh, it was a great... It was a great read-through. <laughs> it's such a funny episode. And um, but they, yes, then we still just like in the olden days, we still go in all by ourselves and record all by ourselves. It, I can't imagine 50 executives. OK, so it's a five year old girl. I think the first episode, like not the first, not the first episode, but the first episode that really kind of showcases her was uh, sister wife, I think is what it was called, because she's like obsessed <laughs> with her brother, Duncan. And yes, has this like, the, yes. yeah, the marry me, marry me, marry me, which was like, <laughs> just look at, I know this, I know this person voicing this right now. This is absurd. <laughs> yes. My, one of my favorite moments from that episode was when she's like, in, she's making the prison reference and she's under the laundry basket running her tip, tin cup along the bars of the laundry basket. Oh, they're just so funny. They're such good writers. Yeah, that, uh, and I mean, but it's, you get that dynamic, and then you get uh, Duncan and the other sister where they're constantly at each other, and that, yes. like, that, yeah, I have an older brother, and that totally is like, yep, yep, that's about what it's like when you're, you know, early teens. Oh, totally, yeah, no, they, they've captured all of the relationships in the family really, really well. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the dad with the ponytail who, you know, still thinks he's somehow going to be a rock star. Oh. That's about half my social circle. 
It's true. Well, that's one of the most lovable and endearing characters. I love Jack. I, and Ty is so great at playing and accessing all that, you know, the ennui and the passion and the love. I mean, he's so good at doing that. The the episode where uh, where he has to clean out the garage and it's all of his stuff oh. from all the concerts he's been to over all those years. Like, I think every one of yeah. us has gone through that at some point in time. Some of I hope recently. you don't have a guillotine in your in your garage though, like he does. That that was a little disturbing. Our garage is pretty deep. I don't know. Uh, so I was <laughs> I, I was never on, never on stage with Alice Cooper, but two of my friends have been through the meat grinder at a Gore concert, so we're close. No. Yes. Yeah. Two two, awesome. two of the guys who still play guitar with me. That effect. So. <laughs> oh my god, that's so great. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's let's shift gears. Let's take hey, you on Take you away from the bubble mower. <laughs> And and okay. move you to the to the eye patch and the and the punchy kicky time. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we're we're going from from Sunday nights on Fox to Wednesday nights on the CW, where you play Tigress on the new show Stargirl. Yes. Okay. So tell me about Tigress. How did how did that all come about? Same as Duncanville. It was just a regular audition. Um, I was actually in the middle of Brandon. You'll appreciate this. I was in the middle of tech for a show here in LA at the taper and yeah. you know tech it's like 10 out of 12s you're just immersed in it it's exhausting and I remember I got the audition and I took I looked at the email and I was like I can't do this I there was a self-tape and I was like I can't possibly where am I going to find the time to, I don't have any energy I have to memorize a bunch of I was like I can't do this and then I read the audition sides and I was like well okay I'm doing this <laughs> <laughs> Because it was one of those auditions where it was written for the purpose of the audition. Everything was completely cloaked. Uh, I had the character was not named Paula. There was no reference. I had zero idea that it was a dual character. And I was like, but this is brilliant and funny. And she's kind of lethal, but also really wry at the same time. So I have to do this audition. And I put it on tape and I sent it into the ether, you know, as you do. And then I, I literally forgot about it because, I, again, we were about to open this play and I was just like, I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> I think the next call I got was getting the role. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry, what now? Like, I did Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually there's another step. Um, there's a, some sort of vetting process. And, but Jeff, bless his heart, Jeff Johns, the show creator, was just like, I like that and let's go. And um, that's really lovely as a performer to have the show creator trust his instincts and know what he wants from the character and then just take this next step forward without all the hoops. So that was lovely. And it wasn't until after that that I figured out that she was Tigress. And I was also like, who? A what? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is this a mistake? Like, who's Paula and who's Tigress? I had no idea. I... And uh, I think I'm really glad I didn't know because if I had been aware of the legacy of this character, that would have completely intimidated me. So ignorance is generally bliss, and it certainly was in this case. I think it, it almost speaks... It's it it, it it speaks volumes because this show's very 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 important to Jeff so much yes. yeah because uh, so much so that you know um, that he created this version of Stargirl in memory of his sister which yes reading all that I'm like oh man like boy no pressure on on the lead 
right. Fortunately, she's amazing. Oh, she's amazing. Breck is incredible. And I mean, I, I am in awe of her, what she's able to do. And she's been doing it since a young age and has maintained this wonderful sense of self and integrity and grace and poise. And that is not an easy thing to do. So my hat is off to her. Yeah. And and there's some great character dynamics there. Like, like uh, yeah, you mentioned oh. Amy Smart, the mom and and uh, and. Uh, Stacia's gonna be mad. She's not here because she loves her. Uh, yeah. And and Luke Wilson, the way that he 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 kind of straddles this line between the aw shucks sitcom dad, and yeah. then, but still like has the the heart and the he's he's still looking out, you know, for 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 Star Girl the whole time, and it's it, it's tough to do. Like to it is tough to do. <laughs> and I remember the first time I met Jeff. Um, Neil, who plays uh, Neil uh, Hopkins, who plays Sportsmaster, we actually, Jeff invited us to come over to the writer's room to meet the writers. And I mean, from the from the get go, Jeff was extremely inclusive. I have been on multiple series and I have never had that experience. And so (laughs) Neil and I met for the first time in the writer's room, met Jeff for the first time together. And at the time, he Jeff told us, "I'm I'm gonna have lunch with Luke Wilson," and I fingers crossed. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? That's perfect." <laughs> I was like, "Oh Jeff, I don't care what you have to do. You have to get him. You have to get." And yeah, Luke's amazing because he has such a wonderful quirk to him. You know, like everything about him is so specific to who he is and what could be a sort of pedestrian role in a lot of ways. Luke makes so funny and multidimensional and I, I just I love what he does. It's gotta be it's gotta be in the bloodline because I, I remember when, when yeah. they when they cast Owen Wilson as as uh, Lightning McQueen <laughs> yeah. in cars and we're like Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. Whatever DNA runs through them, it works. Yeah, it's just again, it's kind of that aw shucks kind of thing that, that Luke is able to, to do, but at the same time, you know, and Joel McHale, like for just that oh limited, uh, limited early scene it has, and you're like, oh man, you totally get like anybody who's ever seen Batman and Robin move, you know, all the way up to 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 modern day, and you're like, oh man, you guys got that dynamic written really well, and and yeah, you know, with Jeff's experience in comics, I'm sure that that speaks to, to you know how it's probably easier for him than for a lot of people would have been able to to try to make that happen. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Like he had such um, such a wonderful sense of what that partnership could be like. And I love how funny it was. I love those opening moments. Not you. Not definitely, definitely not, not you. you. I, mean, <laughs> I, lo- I love when I read that in the script, I laughed out loud because I could immediately picture Joel saying it. <laughs> like that. Yeah. And, you know, it set the tone for the whole show, which is it has its very intense, very serious moments. But there's almost a constant willingness to wink. And I think that is unique and lovely. Well, you get a lot of it because you're you don't get much you don't get much camera time early on, but you get to mm. you get to direct the the lead to go sit at the 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 singles table, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and then so it's mean. yeah, and then, and then you're kind of you're kind of out of the you know you're sort of in the background for a while, and then in episode six when they introduce you know it, it's your daughter who's the best football player, and oh my god, did you get every line? <laughs> In that episode, <laughs> and just the snark is like, oh, dude, that's, oh, that's the Mean Girls all day long. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Nick. Yeah, I mean, 
the show is brilliant in the way it reveals uh, the ISA, I think. And it just, I love that it takes its time. And believe me, as an actor, of course, you're chomping at the bit to have your character come to light. But I love that Paula and Tigress and her whole thing just took the time that it took. Um, yeah, they, they wrote some great lines in that episode. I mean, I remember reading it and just being like, are you kidding me? I could just say this? Oh, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> you know, any time you play a character who just has abject disdain for everything and everyone, it's so cathartic. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's the... Uh, what uh, the way, and I think it goes back to failsafe. But you you, de- you deliver this venomous couple of lines with just a smile on your face, like this is every day, <laughs> and it's yes. it's it's so fun because I mean I, I think you know my early sort of like let's see what Joy's in uh, other than failsafe was uh, Santa Clarita Diet, yes, which is the you know the housewife next door and and who's just one of the girls you know in the in the in, in the uh, uh you know uh, speed walking sort of. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's Jing, and then it's Tigress, and I'm like, whoa, man, you're all over the road right now. But but that you know you've got range, and it's uh it's hilarious to watch all of it. Well, that's lovely to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I've always considered myself a character actor. I mean, I've always considered that to be any actor really as a character actor. But um, from my experience, getting to play so many different types of roles has been really satisfying to me. But the tigress role that is unparalleled i have i have never in my entire career come even close to a role like that so it's opened my eyes uh in a, in a new way which is fun well i'm going to ask you about the other the other part of what makes the tigress role work uh coming yes. off of, coming off of the fight scene in in episode six uh do you yeah. want do you want to name drop your stunt double because she's terrific Oh, I have to. Lauren Mary Kim, goddess of all things stunt. <laughs> yeah, there's she, no end to her resume. She's been in everything I've ever watched. <laughs> everything, everything. And her work covers the map. I mean, her. she is just, and you'll never meet a more humble, generous, funny, oh my God, we clicked right off the bat. We're both total goofballs. And we would be on set just being morons. And it was so much fun. Um, she... She is a teacher. She is a coach. I mean, she, I don't know if a lot of people know how how closely stunt teams work with the actors, but they are responsible for teaching you everything. So Lauren really handheld me through the whole process and was so empowering and was so encouraging and always kept me safe. And meanwhile, you know, she is covered in bruises from the harness work that she did. (laughs) I remember... Before I started, I was like, I want to do some harness work. That looks like fun. Like an idiot. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> and then she came, like, what was I thinking? How, how naive. She came into the hair and makeup trailer one day. She never complained. She never flinched. And she was covered in bruises. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm good. I will just do my little punches, and I will go in where they tell me to, and I will leave that to her. <laughs> that, that's... Um, yeah, because the, the way that that scene is edited, it you know she's flipping oh. over a wall, and then all of a sudden it's your face with this little half smile, and you're like, oh, that's keeping yeah. keeping the devilish attitude, but at the same time, you, like it's it's really seamless. It's so well put together. 
Yeah, and I, I have to give props to Walter Garcia, who is the head of the stunt team, all the stunt coordination he does. He's a genius. I mean, I really I really think he's a genius. And some of the technology that he's used, um, you can go on Lauren's Instagram and see a piece of what's called a previs, which is like a previsualization of the whole stunt fight. And Walter would, would film... He's an amazing director and filmmaker as well. And he would film the entire sequence so that Jeff and all the producers could see exactly what it was going to look like. And that's unheard of. I think they this might have been the first show that ever made use of that. And um, it also gives us, the actors, the entire arc of the scene so that we don't just come on set and slot in here and there. We know the, the whole storytelling. And that's that's a lovely gift to be given as an actor. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, I, I uh, when you know, when you mentioned that it was Lauren and I went and I looked and I'm like, okay, so Fast 7. Okay, she was Elodie Young's uh, stunt double in Daredevil and the Defenders. She was in The Mandalorian. Yep. She was she was in yep. Santa Clarita Diet, for crying out loud. Like, she's been in, yeah, like, yeah it, and it just, and it, not to mention the 700 video games. Uh, oh, God, so many video games. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> Yeah, so she's got a long, long, long history. I'm glad I'm I'm glad she's on the show because I, I, um, I, I love good stunt work. I mean, I'm a huge, huge mark for for Daredevil when it was when it was on, and that, when they do these, you know, what looks like a single shot, twelve minute hallway fight scene, and you're like, dude, that's yeah. it, that's that. When you said, you know, the fight is part of the storytelling, I think that's that's a pretty good example there. Yeah. Uh, and Arrow was really good at that too. Arrow was good at you know, connecting a bunch of that. Uh, that's that's kind of what I want. I want uh, I want I want you to be able to do uh, Tigress uh, and Duncanville like Arrow and Bob's Burgers. Like just be on for like another ten seasons. We're <laughs> we're totally <laughs> totally happy. Oh with man, that. from your lips to all of the deities' ears, that would be my heaven. That would be lovely. <laughs> uh, you got anything else in the works? I know you mentioned you mentioned doing a play, but I'm not sure what else other than uh, those well these two shows. But I know you're always multitasking yeah well lucky lucky like i said season two of duncanville is just starting up now which is super fun and then there is an um i did an anthology right before everything got crazy in january over in new york i shot an episode of a horror anthology called Monsterland, and it's going to be insane um and the episode i shot was I had I did things and had experiences again that I have never done in my entire career, and um, I I'll leave it at that because there's there's some really crazy reveals for my character and but it was it was oh god it was so much fun so that I'm not sure when that's going to be coming out but that will be a Hulu series Monsterland it's a horror anthology hell and it's, yeah it's yeah, kind of incredible attention. yeah hell yeah. yeah we have Hulu. <laughs> Yeah, a lot yeah. of lot of a uh, 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 food dye and caro syrup involved. That um, that's our go to anytime we have to make fake blood when we're shooting anything. That's usually what we go to. Yeah, that's that's. Not, I think there will be a ton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, la- last couple questions. I'll let you go because I know uh, this is probably the longest that the the kids have left you alone in in isolation in quarantine sorry um, it's all good. It's yeah all good. so we we had just to work together uh end of last year on uh, a charity yes. charity thing for hope for the warriors um are you still working with them or are there any other charities that are sort of close to your heart that you think our listeners should go check out oh well hope for the warriors really touched me in a really specific way i i think the work they're doing is just incredible um and is 
unsung on so many levels. Um, and along that same line, um, there's a charity that I am deeply passionate about. It's called Alice's Kids, and you can find them on Twitter. And it's really the the creation of the the kids of Alice who grew up um, experiencing a lot of poverty and the shame that comes along with that a lot of the time. And so the charity is very direct. It uses um, teachers and other and people who interact with kids, not their parents, but people who interact with kids and see a very specific need who then give um, the folks over at Alice's Kids the information. And then Alice's Kids can provide like a gift card and, or very direct relief to that teacher to then give to the family. And so the kid has the dignity of not feeling like they're on the receiving end of any charity. Like the parent can be the one who says, look what we can do now for you. And I think that is a huge, huge point to be made with this kind of organization is that they want to preserve the pride of the kid. And that's lovely. And um, the work they do is just amazing. Amazing. That's that's cool. That's huge. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, last question. Un- totally unrelated to anything else we've talked about. Um, uh, so you've got sure. yep, you and the husband and the kids uh, in all of this. Um, how are you? How are you uh, keeping it light? Keeping it productive? Making sure things don't you know? Everybody get cabin fever and <laughs> just we right. So we we have uh, so where I work, we have our our leadership team come on. Once a week and, and, and have a little, you know, round table and there's always a little chat window that's going by. And I can't tell you how many times the question, when is daycare opening up again, came in the chat window. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, we, to use a term that my husband has coined, I would say we are sur thriving. Um, we are, we are making it through in the best way we can. And, you know, I, my 19 year old stepdaughter was in her first year of college this year. And she of course had to come home. She was, she goes to college in upstate New York. And so that was an adjustment and she's handled that really well. And then, you know, my four year old son and my three year old daughter, they're, they're very much able to function as little kids, but they have a whole new set of vocabulary. Like my son is amazing about the social distancing. I was talking to a friend outside and recently, and he got in between us and was like, you're too close. (laughs) 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 And I was like, oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. And so we both backed up and he's very, the kids bless their hearts. They're super good about wearing their masks. Like, I mean, they're uncomplaining. And so I want to be like to everyone who who can't handle it. If my three-year-old and four-year-old can put on a mask dutifully and protect themselves and everyone else every single time they go outside, then anyone can do it because they are they are so patient about it. Um, and we just try to like let them be kids. You know, we try to give them the information that they need and that is it. Beyond that, we don't give them any more than they need and they can just be goofballs and play and explore the world in this new way. But, um, but hopefully we're, we're trying to model happiness and joy and curiosity for them still, which is not always easy. Yeah, I mean, Legos are still Legos. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And if like my son could play with his magnet tiles from dawn until dusk. And I mean, 
Those things are amazing, by the way. Whatever else, but, uh, I could have yeah. used some of my classmates. That's for sure. Whatever else is happening in the world, Sir Topham Hat still hates confusion and delays, <laughs> and Thomas Tank Engine. Right, we, we... <laughs> <laughs> yes, exa- thank you. Exactly, and I've gained a lot of appreciation. Like right now, my daughter is watching Rescue Riders. She loves that show. Well, I'd be lying if I said when we stopped by my parents' house last week and we may have turned off the news in favor of SpongeBob, but you know. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> Much better choice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandon, you got anything else left to say? You good? No, I don't think so. Okay. So, uh, Joy, you you have shared a lot with us, and we certainly appreciate it, and want to make sure we don't monopolize your time. Uh, you know, uh, palling around on Twitter is easy because you can just answer it whenever, and that's kind of... Uh, sure. I think, yeah. Uh, maybe that should have said something to me, like, she's on failsafe and she's on Twitter, so clearly she's got my HD... ADHD yeah. as, as much as I do. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's why we're that's why we're on the same wavelength. So, um, yeah. So thank you for coming on and 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 thank you for sharing the the charity stuff and the and the future projects that you have coming on. We can't wait. Uh, no offense. Can't wait to watch you covered in blood. Just you know, that's our kind of our. Oh man, it's going to be intense. <laughs> All I will say is it is going to be intense. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you. For having me, I, I love talking to you. I've all I, I just have such good memories of our first talk, and I will always feel connected to you guys. So I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Anytime, open invite for sure. Cool, all right. cool. All right, that's it for this episode of the Geek Wolfpack podcast. Get it in touch with us on all the socials, which you're about to hear when I play the outro. And until next time, geek, geek out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Geek Wolfpack Podcast, a member of the Geek Wolfpack Network. Check out our other podcasts and streams at facebook.com slash geekwolfpacknetwork. All original music used in this episode is proudly composed and performed by members of the Wolfpack. This podcast is protected by a non-commercial, no-derivative, share-alike United States 4.0 Creative Commons license. Find out more at creativecommons.org. Email us at thegeekwolfpackpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at geekwolfpackpod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekwolfpackpodcast, or leave us a voicemail at 540-987-0827. Until next time, geek out. Geek out.